The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. With Ryan Tuberty's future in RT very much on the line, the newly appointed Director General Kevin Backhurst goes before the Public Accounts Committee this morning in the latest televised opportunity to shed more light on the payments scandal. Uh, Shuni Rahala, the chairperson of RT, will also be appearing. I'm joined uh, by TD for Wicklow, Sinn Fein spokesperson for Youth Equality and Integration, member of the PAC, uh, John Brady, and by Bowers Media political correspondent Sean Defoe, who's with me in studio. Good morning and welcome uh, to you both. Um, Sean, first of all, what can we expect from the opening statements? Uh, morning, Pat. So we've got a, a few different documents in. One is the interim Grant Thornton report into the payments that were made and the top 10 earnings basically uh, since 2010. And that's been presented to the pack last night. What it's found is that there were no other errors in the top 10 pay as it was publicly presented with the exception of Ryan Tuberty between 2017 and 2022. So they're saying everything else according to Grant Thornton was absolutely fine. It was just these payments and now a further investigation is looking at that. The statement from Shuni Rahalig, the, the chair, she is basically going to say, look, a lot of what she said before but then also Kevin Backers has come in here. He has my full support. He's steadying the ship. He's bringing the, the leadership team together and reforming everything and that we now need to get on with things. And then in Kevin Backers first statement, he addresses a lot of what he addressed earlier on in the week in terms of how the executive team is being reformed. It's been changed. It's this interim leadership team in now. Uh, welcome the different reviews that are all ongoing, a number of different reviews all happening at the same time with the forensic auditor in there as of uh, yesterday uh, and other reviews due to fall in August as well as this longer six-term review, all that sort of stuff. The two most interesting bits then in his statement are uh, he said that irrespective of what those investigations ultimately conclude, a number of things are beyond dispute or he should not be brokering or facilitating any commercial arrangements with its contractors. He'll also tell them that the level of fees in contracts of this nature are too high, that the organisation should have operated with greater transparency, should have applied higher standards of honesty and integrity and the public was misled. This is completely unacceptable. So that's sort of the strongest statement in it. Then he sort of has this, um, he calls it the, the one of the most shameful and damaging episodes in the organisation's history and has sort of a dig at some of the people we're not going to hear from today. He said it remains a big source of frustration to the public, the RT board, elected representatives and staff within RT that there are still gaps in evidence and missing personal testimonies that could irrefutably evidence all aspects of the chain of events, what informed or influenced those events and why this occurred. So that is sort of a message to Dee Forbes, who we haven't heard from yet, Jim Jennings, who we haven't heard from yet, and also Bridge O'Keefe, the chief financial officer, former chief financial officer at RT, who appeared last week, whose testimony was completely contradicted then on Tuesday by Ryan Tuberty yeah. and Noel Kelly, and who is not appearing today. Uh, she wrote on Tuesday after that committee meeting started to the PAC to say she wouldn't be appearing and said she has nothing more to add. So even though there is documentary evidence, uh, the emails do not lie, um, that there was a side letter, um, which she said there was no uh, assurances from RT at all on this deal. In fact, there was pushback from RT. In fact, the opposite was suggested in the emails by Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty. Yeah, so. in an email sent by her and also CC'd to D Forbes and Jim Jennings. So she said she's nothing to add on that. And you mentioned it on the show yesterday. We don't know did she have access to her full record of emails when she was giving that statement. But you would think if the you know if there was a chance mm-hmm. to clarify today would be that chance. And the person who those questions instead I think imagine will be directed at today at the committee is the interim deputy director general Adrian Lynch, who said uh, unequivocally at the committee there is no way RTE would have guaranteed a deal like this. No way that Orti would have signed a deal like this. Now we have the documentary evidence to say, well, in fact, not only was the, the D Forbes verbal mm. guarantee, but there was this written letter too. Presumably, Adrian Lynch will try to say, well, I never saw the email. 
Yeah, that's is he CC'd in the email? He's not CC'd in the email. No, he, he never saw it. But it is it's, it's sort of a little bit beyond credulity that something like that wouldn't have been raised with him, or that the document would have been lost entirely. And it goes back then to that statement that RTE put out on Tuesday morning, very quickly after all this came out, saying that well, this isn't a legal document. It isn't a, you know mm-hmm. a, a legal binding contract. It was part of negotiations that they really rushed out, and they're going to have to stand yeah. over that today. Now, a big part of the push from the politicians uh, was uh, that the the, the ceiling. Mm-hmm. On any kind of contracted uh, sums should be the salary of a secretary general mm. in is or that a senior minister in around yeah. one hundred ninety five thousand. That that no, doesn't no, no. Would that not be the Robert Watt uh, well. top salary <laughs> or the other top? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's clear that the government recognised that there are different levels of talent within the secretary general body. Yeah, and they rewarded Robert Watt. Uh, dramatically mm. and with some controversy. So there would be people saying, well, hang on a second, I'm the Robert Watt of broadcasting <laughs> or I'm the wa- Robert Watt of TV production or whatever it might be. That's what I want and that's what would should be okay with the politicians. Mm, and some some jobs are bigger than others was the argument at the time. Department of Health is so big and so on, we, we need, yeah. need a star to bring in. So look, I don't think that's going anywhere, to be honest. I mean, it was a, a bill brought in the Senate by Ro- Ronan Mullen. There's no government support with it. Uh, and Kevin Backers himself has said he thinks caps are a bit of a blunt instrument. Yeah. Um, and the other interesting thing about, you know, they did a deal with the incoming presenter of The Late Late Show, uh, and then it turns out that it's not the same job. It's rather shorter. It's mm. an hour and a half rather than two hours, which means you lose one commercial break and therefore uh, commercial income. And it's shorter. It's 30 weeks instead of 38. Mm. And, and no when you do the sums, and there's no radio element. So when you do the sums, Patrick Healty proportionately is being paid more than Ryan Tuberty ever was. Yeah, well, yeah, well not ever was, but in in the, the last year of his uh, This is one of the questions, well, that I think we might get into today because Alan Kelly was sort of raising this, not necessarily in relation to Patrick Healty the other day. And I haven't done those sums myself, so I take your bona fides on it that, that that's true. No, but it's, it's very but, simple. Like you've got, um, he's doing three quarters of the length of the Late Late mm. Show and something like, you know, three quarters of the um, duration in weeks, you know. Yeah, so it comes down to Do the maths and work it out. Yeah, and again, this is what Alan Kelly was coming back to when he was arguing that Ryan Kelly, or Ryan Tuberty rather, never took a pay cut because in the course of the different negotiations, there were fewer radio shows, there were fewer late lates and there were fewer of those late nights that went beyond half 11. So he was arguing overall, actually, Ryan Tuberty over the course of this didn't take 40%, as he suggested, or didn't take 20%. The interesting bit in that as well that we'll probably get into at some point today is the ongoing future of Ryan Tuberty. Obviously, Kevin Backhurst has said he wants that to, to be sorted within a number of weeks, but also within that contract that he had, which he says is still valid, or no, Kelly said it was still valid for five years. That was a radio and TV contract. Same as Claire yeah. Byrne, her contract changed when she gave up the Monday nights. We don't know, but it doesn't say in the contract specifically how much was for which, how much was late, late, how much was radio. It was an aggregate contract. So how much is he going to be on then going forward, if he's going to be on anything at all, of course. Okay. Um, stay with me just uh, while we talk to John Bray. The DD for Wicklow, Sinn Féin spokesperson for Youth Equality and Integration, member of the PAC. John, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Are you looking forward to clarity? The fog clearing? Well, hopefully we'll uh, go some way towards getting uh, clarity. And unfortunately, I think we're going into our our seventh or eighth meeting. I've um, participated in the uh, uh, media committee uh, meetings as well. So, you know, what we have found out so far, um, you know, the facts as had been laid forward have seriously been undermined um, that we've had a a number of key witnesses uh, before uh, both uh, committees um, and, you know, revelations 
Ireland's now show that you know that uh, information has, has seriously been undermined. So you know some of those key individuals, um, the likes of of Brido O'Keefe, whose uh, testimony um, has been questioned by evidence uh, produced by uh, Noel Kelly and, and Ryan Tuberty, I, I, I think you know should come back before uh, you know a committee um, and answer uh, those serious mm. questions. But so, so some of the key people, un- unfortunately, who have a, a lot of the answers because up until this point, Pat, I mean, there's been a, an attempt to portray uh, an image that, you know, people were working in silos, that, you know, people did not have all of the information. But it, it's now very clear that, you know, um, at the very top of, of the organisation, a number of key individuals, you know, came together uh, to put in place a mechanism uh, to deceive and, and conceal payments from the public and, and staff in, in relation to payments to, to one individual. Unfortunately, we have not heard from, you know, two of... You you know those three individuals um, that are named in that litany mm. of, of emails that were furnished before the committee by uh, Noel Kelly. And yeah. by the, uh, by the way, uh, in the terms of visual, uh, their, their, their evidence yeah. has seriously been. I mean, obviously there are. Uh, there's a GP, I think, uh, testified in the case of D Forbes that she is unwell. Uh, and she is not currently available to the committee. Jim Jennings was ill before the scandal broke. Um, so, you know, I I know Jim Jennings and a decent man, um, but there there has been a history of uh, a heart ailment. I think, uh, I hope Jim doesn't mind me disclosing, but uh, a virus uh, attacked his heart some many years ago. No, and and, and I appreciate that, Pat. And look, hopefully, you know, both of, of those individuals will get well uh, soon and, you know, uh, come before uh, a, a committee because I, I, I think they have key information, um, you know, central uh, to uh, this mechanism that was uh, contrived uh, to deceive and uh, deceive and, and, and conceal uh, payments. But, you know, the third individual, um, Breda O'Keefe, in her testimony uh, and evidence that she gave, she said that up until March 2020, there was absolutely no agreement there. There was, uh, you know, to guarantee the payments uh, to uh, Ryan Tuberty. We now have evidence that as far back as, as December 2019, um, you know, there was a, a agreements, there was meetings taking place w- between key people within RTE and um, Mr. Tuberty's agent and possibly others uh, in, in, in relation to getting a, a side letter uh, guaranteeing these payments of, of 75000 um, to uh, Mr. Tuber. And we, we, we need to get to the bottom of, of that. There's other information that we need to get uh, out of, uh, you know, this morning's meeting. Critically, you know, we, 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 we need to talk about the future, the culture, the governance, the oversight. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is, is critical in terms mm-hmm. of restoring public confidence in yeah. the national broadcaster. But unfortunately, I don't think we're there at that yeah. point um, yet. Th- that, th- there, there is a question that, that probably needs to be clarified as well. Uh, when this story broke, and you know that uh, Noel Kelly in his testimony said they were given no notice half an hour or something before they published the Grant Thornton uh, review, but they refused, he said, to uh, publish the vindication of himself and Ryan Tuberty. You know, it was Grant Thornton said they had done no wrong. And then they went with a figure of 345,000, which was a huge amount of money. But it turns out that 120,000 of that was never paid, never invoiced. Tuberty didn't get it. Nobody got it. So the figure that they might be quarrelling about was 225, not 345. And yet they went ahead with that figure of 345. I mean, it seems bizarre with all these accountancy firms who are offering their wisdom 
that they couldn't get a you know the basic number of if you like of this scandal mm. into the public domain correctly. Yeah, I, I, I think again there's serious questions there in terms of you know the role of, of the chief financial officer and in, in, in terms of you know their uh, role in all of this. You know, um, not um, you know raising flags at, at, at different points. Um, you know, what role? Had uh, the chief financial officer in terms of signing off on on, on uh, you know the publication of uh, the the, the uh, wages um, you know and that, that that were made public, but also you know I mean there, there's you know key questions in in, in terms of Adrian Lynch. Um, and his role in terms of signing off on on, on, on statements, um, and we know that you know serious questions have been raised in in, in terms of. Um, you know, the evidence, again, given by uh, Breed O'Keefe, um, you know, and the now, fact that... To be fair to Breed O'Keefe, to her appearing just, that, just no, to be fair just, to Breed O'Keefe, though, out, Pat, uh, yeah, just, yeah. Just, no, she's, she obviously yeah, was no, not just, working just, for RT at the time. She's been retired for yeah. a, no, a while, you no, know. The so point she, I, I, I'm making, four days before she made her, her uh, testimony at the uh, uh, Public Accounts Committee, Mr. Torbery and his agent uh, wrote to RTE saying that, look, um, we have key information here in terms of the guarantee um, that seriously uh, undermined the position that, um, you know, the evidence that Brady O'Keefe gave to those committee meetings. That information was provided to RTE four days uh, before that evidence was given. Not one person participated in that meeting, uh, questioned or, you know, tried to correct the record that, you know, mm. there was evidence there to show that from yeah. December 2019 that, you know, there was... Yeah. Um, no, all, I was, going, uh, all I was trying to say, John, in Brida O'Keefe's defence, um, you know, mm-hmm. she hasn't worked for RT for a number of years now. Did she Absolutely. have access to the emails? Did she have access to the records? I'm not sure... You know, in Bauer Media here, for example, if you left and you ask for access yeah. to your no, that, work that, emails, that, that, you mightn't get them, you know. That's a fair point. And look, I mean, you know, this is centralised in the realm one individual because I'm very conscious that, you know, there are, you know, a number of individuals named in those emails. But, you know, Brito was very, very strong in terms of the evidence that she gave. She was questioned repeatedly, as was the current chief financial officer in terms of the guarantee. And they were adamant, adamant that up until March 2020, there was absolutely no desire from anyone in RTE uh, to give a, a guarantee to underwrite, um, you know, those payments. They were categorical. Sean, we go back to Sean on on this because it it strikes me that, uh, and I don't know why this happened, maybe RT might have been accused of sitting on something, but did they not rush this out? Did the chairwoman not actually go public just a bit too soon before they had all their investigations completed internally? Because getting that key figure wrong Mm. is indicative of the fact that there must have been a lot of confusion which they did not clarify before making a public uh, declaration. Yeah, well, I think what she'd say is that they wanted to get it out in the public as soon as possible. Not responding to the the queries from Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty, that's a, there's a huge question mark over that. They say they only got a half an hour's notice. Why was that? That's not proper at all. But if you were to wait for all the different investigations yeah. that are ongoing, we could no, be waiting but, I mean, next it March. took two days, I think, after uh, the Grant Thornton thing was uh, put out without a vindication of Tuberty and mm. Kelly. It took two days, I think, for Adrian Lynch to say, well, uh, yeah, that's what the Grant Thornton, because yeah. the boys said, 
this should have been out there. When you publish this, you should have said that, that we are not guilty of any wrongdoing because mm-hmm. that's and what Grant Thornton said. That, well, in fairness, in the statement that the they put out on the 22nd of June, there was a line saying that the, there is no fault of Ryan Tuberty here, but it wasn't as fulsome as what we heard on Tuesday. So there's certainly questions about how the board have handled the whole thing, even in Shuni Rally not telling Catherine Martin about her decision to ask Steve Forbes to stand aside. I mean, that's a huge omission that you, you would question whether it would happen to any other minister. It's huge questions in the processes here. My big worry would be the people we need answers from aren't at this committee today, yeah. aren't the ones that we are actually going and to And in fact, Kevin Backburner, although he has a history in RT as Deputy Director General and Head of News and Current Affairs, uh, he has been, you know, working in Ofcom. Mm. He's been elsewhere for the last number of years. Um, so he has a clean pair of hands, one would suspect, in all of this. But his, his, you know, great new beginning is being bogged down in, in all of this. Exactly. About he, which he can only speak on second-hand information, you know, how he is briefed. Yeah, and you can hear the frustration from him in that opening statement about all of that. The weird thing for Kevin Backhurst is, he, it depends on how you view it, he either has this golden opportunity to reform RT that yeah. has never been there before because anyone who tries to stop him will say, well, look, we need a clean slate. Or is he going to be so hampered by all the different investigations going on that might not be done until March that, you know, yeah. can you can you really do any proper reform in advance of that? Don't that's waste a crisis. Question. That's the... 100%. That's the message. And the, the question of where this goes from here as well, he has to do all of this obviously the committee work on the Let Me Explain podcast we've been covering this this week I interviewed Neve Smith she said she genuinely doesn't know where they go after today because no, as we you've said with Dee Forbes and with Jim Jennings there are health concerns Breed O'Keefe said she doesn't want to come before again have kind of exhausted all their options now until we get this forensic audit this further Grant Thornton review and then the one that is coming next, next March so while it will rumble I'm a little bit sceptical we'll get any clearer answers mm. today. Uh, finally, John, I'll go back to you. Just a, a postscript, a plea. Now, I, I'm working on air, so I won't be seeing much of your deliberations. But there was a lot of repetition, and I'm sure it was as frustrating for the committee members as it was for the watching public, both in the media committee and the BAC. And you know, in court, they, they, they will say, when someone is going on and on, asked and answered. You know, yeah. maybe the chairperson yeah. should be saying that. You know, this question has been asked. It has been answered. Let's move on. We'll get our business done much more efficiently. But I suspect that each member wants to have their their hour on WhatsApp or Instagram Facebook. or whatever, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's bigger than that, that part, in, in fairness. I mean, we're trying to, I mean, the Public Accounts Committee has a key role in terms of, you know, the oversight of the expenditure of, of, of public funding. Um, and, you know, I mean, there, there are key questions there. And unfortunately, they remain unanswered. You know, some, some of those questions in, in terms of uh, the issuing of invoices uh, for consultancy fees. And we know in the Grant Thornton uh, report, they say there was no consultancy given by uh, the agent of Mr. Tuberty or Mr. Tuberty, yeah. um, you know, there's yeah. serious questions in terms of why those invoices were were, were, were issued. Um, you know, the payment of of, of those, um, the tripartite agreement that was unsigned. Um, you know, up until 2020. Are you, are you going to call call Renault into the frame? Another- well, look, I, I, I'm not sure we're at that point yet, or, or whether there is a role, um, you know, um, to for the public accounts committee to to um, ask them in. But certainly, you know, I, I think it would be interesting to get a, a perspective right, from. We have there. to. But, we, you know, there are other yeah. uh, John, we have to leave it there. Thank you very much for your time this morning, because um, uh, happily you don't have a wealth of documentation. I think to go through, uh, not too too many documents uh, before proceedings today. John Brady, TD for Wicklow, Sinn Fein spokesman on youth equality and integration and of course member of the PAC and Sean you'll be coming back to us if there's anything new. Absolutely yeah I'm going to race over there now to get the start of the committee at half nine and uh, if there's anything mad or scandalous we'll update you. Very good. Sean Defoe thank you very much. 
The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.